Ah, time for my favorite, favorite, favorite part of the week when I get to sit back, kick up my legs, and do the relaxing, nice, easy job of editing the intros and splicing the whole podcast together for your listening pleasure with absolutely no surprises whatsoever. Sorry about last week. I don't know what happened after I hit that button. I kind of blacked out for a little while. And... You know, but I've decided to carry on. I've decided to just keep going and see what else this little machine has in store for me. So, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous today hit this button. I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. This podcast is starting to take on a mind of, of its own. But march fearlessly into the future and hit that button. Okay. Oh. This doesn't sound that bad. This sounds like a drum beat. It is. It's the intro. No. Oh, man. Is that a... That's a boom-bap rap beat. Oh, man. What is this doing to me? Am I speaking in times? Oh, no. I seriously can't use the podcast as a platform for my rap. You can't be serious, man. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, no! Yo, Completely Unreasonable is the name of the game. We make other podcasts all sound so tame. If you're trying to come at me and stake your claim, I got bad news, kid, you're super fucking lame. Completely Unreasonable is super cool. I was the teacher's pet in rapping school because I'm Will C, the rap machine. I'm boom bapping out of nowhere because I like this beat. Oh, fuck, I did it. No, I can't keep going. Oh, it's the music. The music's in me. The music's in me. Oh, it's a drum beat. Oh, hold on. Oh, no. It's a hook. It's a hook. Completely unreasonable. Completely unreasonable. Completely unreasonable. Reasonable. Completely unreasonable. Completely unreasonable. Completely unreasonable. Reasonable boy. What just happened? Oh no. Did I black out again? Fuck, this is a rap beat. I wasn't just rapping while my podcast, was I? Oh no, they'll never forgive me for this. They'll never listen to the rest of the show now. Hello, hello, hello to all of you beautiful people out there, and welcome back to Completely Unreasonable. Part audio journal and part comedic stream of consciousness, Completely Unreasonable is a Shakespearean comedy chock full of puns, metaphors, and insults, where a pair of young lovers struggle to overcome the difficulties of a cruel and uncaring world. This is a story of the values of control, logic, and reason versus desires, wildness, and ambition. But worry not, constant listeners, for this work is lighthearted, and we're big fans of happy endings. This is the fifth episode. I'm your host and your friend, Will Croco, and I am going over my time. So let's take a big, deep breath. (sighs) Because it's time for the podcast. (laughs) 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast with me, your host and your friend, Will Crocco. I'm basically going to get right into the meat of the show again today because the guest that I have on is very special. She is very near and dear to my heart. She is my wife, the beautiful, lovely, talented Devin Crocco Dunham. Devin and I recorded this conversation in our home studio, aka our kitchen slash dining room, on our kitchen table a few nights ago. She is one of, if not my favorite person on earth to have conversations with. She is a voracious listener of podcasts. She is a strong, wonderful woman, and I am so grateful not only to have her as my wife, but to have her as my latest wonderful and esteemed guest on this show. So without any further ado whatsoever, I would like to welcome my wife, Devin Crocodunham, to the show. How's it going? Good, you? Yeah, you're having a nice Sunday. Had a very relaxing Sunday. Yeah. Got my face mask on. Didn't have to wear pants all day. No. Like, things are good. Isn't it wonderful? The no kids <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, not rubbing it into any of our friends that do have kids. We never would do that. It is a really nice life, though. Your kids are wonderful. We just don't want to wear pants on Sundays or have to do anything. <laughs> George, he doesn't, you know, it's not super, we don't have a ton of responsibilities when it comes to taking care of him. A few, but not too many. So, Devin. William. Welcome to my podcast that you've seen me doing here in the kitchen and in the spare bedroom, aka the bike room here for a couple of weeks now. Um, Are you happy to be here? Yes. (laughs) Okay, perfect. A simple yes. I love it. When I had Nick on the other day, he was like, I was like, hey guys, welcome to the show. And Nick was like, it's our pleasure. (laughs) I was like, okay, have you ever listened to a podcast before? (laughs) He's listened to a couple. Um, One of the reasons I want to have you on though is because you're you're a uh, prolific podcast listener, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're always, you always have a podcast on the go. So I figured, you know, you know what the format is like and you know how to sound funny and intriguing. Am I putting, am I stacking pressure on you right now? A lot. You're feeling the pressure right now? And you just confessed to me that you're not really comfortable with the sound of your own voice played back. No, I find it very weird. It is weird. It's super weird. And it's funny that it sounds so different. For me, just hearing me talk back is not weird. And it's not just because I've been doing this, but because most of the time in, in the past, when I've heard my own voice played back from a recording, it's me like singing in a band. And singing is so much more embarrassing than just talking, right? So it's not that I'm steeled against hearing my own voice. Everybody's voice sounds really weird, but the trick is to just go with it, I think, right? You say as you cringe <laughs> and don't say anything. I just um, feel like I sound like a child. Like, I still hear my parents still have my voices or voicemail message, and I sound like I'm, like, 10, and I'm pretty sure I was 20. Oh. No. I I updated their phone voicemail, like, a decade ago. I hear my voice, especially when I get excited and I start getting into, like, this upper register, like, here, (laughs) when I get into, like, like, manic. 
And yeah, I definitely feel like I've heard myself back on the show a couple times and felt like, whoa, like <laughs> who's your 10 year old podcast host you've got? And then sometimes I'm like way down here doing like an Ira Glass impression. And yeah, it's, oh, George, I was like, what is this furry thing under my feet right here? This is, I've mentioned a couple of times on the show, this is not a professional setup and dogs are abound in the studio or at least one dog in particular. So I wanted to ask you, I've been putting off asking about this all day because this is a fun topic for me, but I want to hear about the drive-in last night. The drive-in! So quick backstory for everyone who's listening who's not from the area. There are only like four or five drive-in movie theaters still operating in, Raleigh was saying in North America. I don't know if that's true. That would make sense. But there's not many. And the Starlight Drive-In here in Enderby, north of us in Kelowna, is the largest, I think. I still believe, yes. Yeah, I think they, they would tell you they're the largest for sure. I think that's what it does say on their website. Yeah, and they have the most reasonably priced snacks. Concession snacks, yeah. folks. Yeah. Four seventy-five for four <laughs> chicken fingers and fries. At the movies. Yeah, what? The downside is there's no roof. Uh, that's the upside to it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's they, yeah, they don't have they don't have the same infrastructure costs. The heating and the heating costs are virtually non-existent. They are definitely non-existent. Yeah. Um, what were you saying? Oh yeah, what was I saying? I was talking mm-hmm. about the history of the drive-ins, and um, it's save for the one drive-in that we went to in PEI mm-hmm. years ago, years ago. That that's the only one I've ever been to. There's uh, there's a lot of abandoned drive-ins. Like around, there's one. There? Yep, there's one. Well, I guess I know of one north of Woodstock, oh. <laughs> where I grew up. Um, yeah, up around Florenceville, it's a very famous like drive your car up there to smoke weed spot, oh, okay. and probably make out spot. Maybe both. Mm. Maybe both. Ugh, it'd be gross though, right? You don't smell and taste like weed. Yeah, it would be really gross. Yeah, teenagers don't care though. No. Definitely not. Are you feeling? I just opened up my red book of of notes here. And I could see you get a little nervous. Like I said, this is not going to be any kind of like a hard-lined interview here. This isn't Frost Nixon or anything like that. This is just like... <laughs> this is just like... I never made it through that movie. I felt like um, I should because yeah. it's like historic and all that stuff. And people are mm. like, oh, highbrow. Yeah. Never made it through That it. was like... I fell asleep like three times. I remember that like the guy who they got to play Nixon like looked a lot like him and his mannerisms were really good and the guy who played frost british dude with yes, like the really pointy 100%, nose he's a british dude with a pointy nose what's his name i don't know but the other guy the guy who played frost is also in the lord of the rings movies he's an elf yeah don't know his but, uh or really anything about that era except that's like the watergate trial interview isn't it yeah. or something about like that <laughs> nixon um oh recording there for a second sometimes it it acts weird it's best just not to not look at it so um would you see we went to see the lion king my friend sarah and i and the second shout feature to sarah. was aladdin Which but you did it, not stay for we right? did not stay for it is too late and i am a terrible night driver so the fact that we got back alive was a big accomplishment for us as i'm your husband and your financial <laughs> partner <laughs> i too am glad you did not die on the drive coming back it's kind of a it's kind of a a weird drive eh? because from enderby to like vernon is straight up in the dark 
on Royal Yeah, Island. it's like yeah. really sketchy because especially if someone's like ahead of you or like coming from the opposite direction, of course you can't have your high beams on and you can't see and shit. people drive fast there well, too. Oh my gosh, so many people pass me. Yeah. And I was just like, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> well, they you drive, you also drive slow, so... Yeah, because yeah. I don't want to die. <laughs> like, I don't want you to die, so I shouldn't make fun of your slow driving. I don't want to die in a fiery car crash. You are in a fiery car crash. No. Like, seriously, if you think about it, like, when we were driving there and it was still light out, yeah. you're, like, going through all these, like, windy roads, and all I can think of, and this is, like, going to sound super morbid, but, like, they all just... I can think of is dying, <laughs> like, from being crashed into the lake of like cow milk or whatever Ooh. it's all good Stop. fyi though for all the listeners i did just spill coffee Everywhere. which was that telltale oh it's all good which was that telltale sign or um sound of lit of a cup falling over and liquid splashing on the floor but it's all good um you know what's funny though is i can do this from over here as i clean up george what george did you george think that? about the movie like a lot of people have had mixed opinions about it. I think it was really good. Like it was like it stayed so true to the actual movie, like the cartoon movie. Like it was shot for shot almost. Honestly, yeah. Like there was definitely so much of it that you were just like, "This is what I remember from being a kid," and like it was adorable, mind you. Like like I said, I fell asleep during the fight scene, so don't know if that was you like to the movie. You always fall asleep in movies, though. So but. The fact, like, it really did. Like, it wasn't... I think the best description is, like, reminding people, like, all the ones that have come out recently that are, like, live-action Disney movies yes. and, like, all that stuff. Some the live-action renaissance. I haven't seen... I saw Cinderella. I saw, I saw see that. Beauty and the Beast. Didn't see that. No, you've seen both of those because I for what? sure dragged you to them. Don't remember them. Well, clearly, they had an indication of what that, they were like. Obviously, I know that Emma Watson... That played Belle, of mm-hmm. course. Seemed like very good casting. Phenomenal casting, um, for sure. Cinderella was a few years ago, too, eh? Cinderella was a couple years ago. It was the cousin from Downton Abbey, like the pretty blonde <laughs> girl, which I can't think of her name. I remember that one like coming out and then just like disappearing And then it was Rob again. Stark from ah, Game of Thrones, played Prince Charming. But bam, he's like Richard Madden. Basically, like a. He's like a blip in the plot. Like, oh, really? really? Prince, well, Prince Charming in general isn't the focus. The focus is all about, like, Cinderella. Like, that's the whole point of those movies. It's like, look at this woman who could probably do so much without a man, and then we're just going to stick <laughs> one in at the end to be like, hey, it's 1950. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I'm not um, wrong. No, of course you're not wrong. I bet it's... Is that a Brothers Grimm fairy tale, Cinderella, do you think? I think so, because yeah, I think I it's like it the original is like much darker. Oh, and they're involves all much like darker. a rape or something. There's trolls and, like, and shit for sure, I bet. No, I think there's like something about the shoe and just like this weird, <laughs> creepy like... I like yeah. the mice in that one. Were there, were there like little talking mice in the... Yeah. Yay! I really sincerely feel like I, like I the took little, you to little that. chubby one. Like I think it's one of the only times I've gotten you to go see like a female centric movie versus like a, a Marvel a dude, movie, a movie or like hey now. a Men in Black sequel. Hey now, <laughs> I'm only taking you to see two Men in Black sequels, and one of them was at a drive-in, <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't. It was the old sequel. I oh, also yeah. fell asleep and that whole entire time. I still think I um you haven't forgiven me yet for making you watch for just me watching Men in Black two. In the house while you were present. I will concede that one's real bad. 
so and I'm bad. telling you, it's because the first one was mostly practical effects, mm-hmm. and the second one was at like the beginning of like the CGI booming. So they were trying out a bunch of stuff, and it was, it was just cutting like, edge, they're... and it looked awful. It was just so convoluted, and like really like. Mm. Larafin Boyle, super hottie back then, but like really had no substance as a bad character. You know what? She's like objectively attractive in that movie. Not doing it for me though, for some reason. I don't know. Oh, she's like, she's got like perky boobs and big like hair. Like what else? That was also back before the booty got real big. So maybe now I'm like conditioned to, because you know, post like the mid 2000s, it's all about the booty. Basically like, pre-Kardashian like, is yeah, what you're saying. Like, but is so popular and post, um, what's that guy, Sir Mix-a-Lot? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, post oh, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Oh, yes. Baby Got Back. Yes, I can rap that entire song from memory for sure. Because that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. So Cosmo says you're fat. I thought it was so But I ain't down with that. <laughs> so what, That's sorry? not? I thought it was Bun's son. Oh, no, Bun's hun, I think. I don't oh, know, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. This yeah. is like, though, the Benny and the Jets one where people are like, oh, it's totally this, and it's not at all. It's like the randomest. Yeah. I just like to make up lyrics for stuff in that situation. Fair. Take the convoluted ones and throw George's name into them somehow. But now I feel pressure to actually do one, and I don't have one prepared, so I'm just going to keep talking and forget mm-hmm. all about this. So we've talked about the Cinderella one. Mm-hmm. We talked about, I guess Maleficent was probably the first one. The first actual like Disney movie. I don't movie actually know what that is about. That was the one with Angelina Jolie. She's the, the oh, witch. Oh, they did a preview of that yeah, she's at the, the movie, oh, yeah, at the drive-in last night because there's another one. Yeah, She's the witch from whatever that, Sleeping Beauty, right? Yeah. Sleeping Beauty, yeah. Um, but it's not about Sleeping Beauty? No, it's like humanizing. I've never seen it. I don't know. But it's like humanizing her, I guess. Um, But it's funny because they released the, um, they're making like a billion dollars each. These these live action remakes. I liked The Jungle Book a lot. I think we saw that in We did see that. Yeah. And it was really good. I I thought it was really sweet. Yeah. I said to Sarah, those are my favorite ones of this whole like Disney redo of all like the classics. The live action renaissance. Well, like, it's, I think it's because of the fact that, like, you already know animals don't talk. So, like, <laughs> it's already what? far-fetched enough, enough that it's, like, classic and, like, Disney. Whereas, like, with Cinderella, it was kind of just, like, cool. I don't feel the same affection for it. Yeah. Like I said, like, yeah. it's very much just, like, yeah. it's a story about her. It's a weird thing that happened. And then, like, at the end, she marries a prince and, like, yeah. basically becomes, like, nothing. And then, like, Beauty and the Beast, uh, hello, it's like... becomes a princess. Yeah, but, like, beyond <laughs> that, what's going on? Did I actually remember when I was, like, still looking after Hannah when I was a nanny. There is, like, an another one after that. And it's basically her just, like, being super boring oh. and living in a castle. Oh, it's like which a direct is, like, to, complete bullshit. Direct-to-VHS sequel. Yeah. Like, and she's just, like, fucking bored all the time. That'd be funny. She's it's just like, like I need some damn excitement in my life. I actually think there was like a fo- a photography series or something by an artist like a couple years ago where he like did that like what does heavily happily ever after look like? It was really funny because it was very satire. Like it was like all these like Disney princesses boozed up or like taking pills and stuff like that. It was it was really funny because there is, is no like, happily ever after. Well, no one gets happily like, ever after. It's the way that like that whole again like nineteen forties nineteen fifties like idea of like once you get married life is just perfect and like everything works out and like 
yay, yay. Yeah. But like, well, that's been our reality. Right? <laughs> Everything's been soup, totally perfect since you met me. Yeah. Did I save you from some sort of a, of a dragon, yeah, a dragon. Or, like, <laughs> or you just a dreary existence where you had or challenges? Or an evil stepmother? No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's like one of those weird things about those movies. And I think that's why like you can have the cartoon classic and still have like appreciation for it. But in reality, like you look at those ones and you're like, ugh. There's some sketchy thought processes here. Yeah, definitely. Whereas, like, with a movie about animals, like, you don't have to have that kind of logic. Yeah, and it's, know. like, also adorable. Like, oh, my gosh, Seth Rogen as um, Timon, Pumbaa. Pumbaa. yeah. Oh, I guess and, we should say that, um, spoiler alert for The Lion King, but you know it's you know what the story is. It's The Lion King. Everybody knows what happens. If you don't, you've been living under I'm sorry rock. if you don't, but if you've never... Honestly, if you've never watched The Lion King, that's kind of special almost. Like, yeah. I disagree completely. <laughs> so I think it's, like, ridiculous <laughs> if you haven't. That's insane. It's like that Bambi and the Jungle Book are, like, the ultimate classics. Bambi, that's one of that Bambi's oh. one of the ultimate Actually, because I was going to ask you, what... If you had a favorite Disney or animated movie Well, apparently when I was a kid, I legitimately watched Bambi, like, 700 times. Like, my mom said I used to throw, like, a full meltdown if I couldn't watch it twice in one day. I bet Bambi is responsible for um, a lot of anti-hunting sentiments amongst people of our generation. I just, I don't even honestly remember the story that well. That's the saddest part. It's like, I, I don't, I just remember the traumatic my mom telling me how much I loved it. Like, Aww. I actually don't even remember the storyline. Okay. Like, I know that there's the deer, Bambi. Bambi. There's yes. Thumper. <laughs> He's literally his name. Yeah, I was going to say there's Thumper. And like, that's really about it. But apparently I threw like major meltdowns. And like, full on, like, it. I would bang my head up against like the floor and cry oh, and no. like oh yeah no I was hardcore when give I threw her a Bambi, temper just tantrum give her ba- like, why wouldn't they give you Bambi my mom thought it was too much for a child to watch that much TV and movies oh that's well she was right yeah oh yeah for you sure you should be banging your head because you don't get to watch a movie <laughs> oh apparently I did that for anything I didn't get to do oh, or if god. I didn't want to do something oh my god yeah no I was apparently it's like a when demon you see when you, a kid like in um the grocery store or wherever out in the wild like freak out because they're I think that's why I'm so traumatized by it now. When I see a child like that, I'm just like, get it away from me. (laughs) Like, I know what that is. I I relate to that. Just give him Bambi. Just give him Bambi. Just make it stop. I don't even know what babies do on phones, eh? Like, they... Oh, I actually have insight into that because of... My boss brought her daughter into work, like, two weeks ago. And I was putting together billing of all things. So I like sat out in our conference room with her. Oh yeah. And, how like, old is she? She's like, I don't know. No, You famously like, don't know how old kids are. A child between the ages of five and 10. Okay. Yeah. So she had like a, she had a personality. She had a personality. And she could string like reasonably good sentences together. Yeah. She drew me a unicorn. Did she have like, oh, did she have like a super like rad attitude? Well, she was actually, like, really shy at first, and then, like, kind of came around to me, and she was very excited by my calculator. Of all things, she had, like, a million things with her. She had, like, markers and pens and pencils and stuff like that. That's incredible perspective to have. Everything is a miracle when you're impressed by a calculator. And then, like, she got super (laughs) pumped about it, and she started doing math for me, and, like, it was really cute. Nice. I actually, like, had a moment where I was like, you're not so bad. Like, that's okay. And I was like, 
And then she like threw many meltdown when her mom told her she had to go with her dad. And then I was like, okay, never mind, take that back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you were cool until I found out you can't even handle the smallest challenge. <laughs> she was actually cool because she did hug me at the end, which threw me for a loop because I don't love Aww, physical affection from people you. that I Aww, don't know. That's cool though. So Bambi was for sure your favorite because you would, okay, do you have a favorite? Well, okay, so that's the thing. That's the weirdest part is I don't do even think it is like remember? my actual favorite because I'm like, I don't remember the storyline. So what's your favorite that you Peter remember? Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Peter fucking Pan for sure. Fucking Didn't want to grow up, lived on an island with children. Like how fucking cool is that? No <laughs> parents, could, no rules. He, he flew. Fly. Like he had a fucking fairy you know what I like, like about Peter Pan is like the um the division between good and evil is very is very simple oh it's a very simple. uh Captain Hook is he's not a nice guy and straight up um I remember the Julie Andrews version too where she like plays Peter Pan that's one of the first live action <laughs> oh so that's like a live action one from like back in the day oh yeah from like the 60s, probably, because it was when Julie Andrews was still fairly young. At least I okay. think it was Julie so Andrews. It was like I don't have the Julie internet Andrews to reference right now. Julie Andrews is obviously a woman. Yeah. Playing Peter Pan. Okay. But I guess that makes sense, too, because Pete did, did, was, so she was, like, gender swapping. No, because it was still Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. It was still but, Peter Pan. Peter Pan is very, he's pretty androgynous, if we're being honest. And plus, he's, like, a teenage boy. Real well, like a preteen. Too. Yeah, like a preteen, too. I mean, that's one thing that is a little bit confusing, because technically, based on, like, all of the movies that have been, like, surrounding Peter Pan, it seems like he's abandoned by his family or, like, taken from his family at a super young age. Yeah. So, really, he shouldn't have grown up at all. He should no. have been a baby. So, like, that <laughs> premise is a little bit, like, eh. you, you grow up until you're, like, uh... Like, 13. 13. Yeah, until you're 13. Well, what about... that's one thing that, like, always throws me for a loop, because it's, like, no, the Lost Boys probably weren't all, like, in no. their preteens. No. How like, do you feel about Hook? I loved movie. Fuck yeah, absolutely. Right? When Hook we were growing awesome. up as kids, one of our friends, terrifying, um, Dave and Cindy's kids, the ones where the, we went to their Malagash yeah. cottage, um, they you're not about to talk shit about Hook them, are you? Just on FYI. no, we like didn't they, talk about bringing up people that we both know. Uh, they okay had now. Hook on VHS, and it was like the greatest thing. Whenever we go and visit them, like because we pretty much notoriously visited them most March breaks, nice. and because that's when like the in big Malagash. basketball no in okay. Halifax because that was when the big basketball thing happened with UMB. So, like, of course, we'd have to go to the Maritime, like, whatever, for basketball championships. Absolutely. So, of my course, dad could yeah. go see UMB. Of course, of course. Um, and, yeah, we would watch that. And one other uh, Robin Williams movie, the one where he's, like, Patch a kid. Adams. But, no, he's a kid and he grows up super quick. So, oh. he's, like, an adult. Not big, but. Um, oh, God, what is it? Shit, I can't remember either. But yeah, oh, that, that one's one. super sad though, right? I remember it he, there's really a scene is. when he, they're far, they're all hanging out in the their tree fort and they're all farting into a can and passing. <laughs> yeah. Why do I want to say it's Patch Adams? He dies. It's not Patch I need Adams. To know. I need he to doesn't know. die at the up. end. So at the end, up. it's him at graduation being like a super, super old man. No, Patch Adams, he does die. He does die in Patch Adams. Because he's murdered, Still isn't he? Fire. That yes. was like the really random so. thing is right. that like Duke gets super pissed off I'm or something. Where is this movie? Our photo flubber. It's not flubber. Is it I Jack? Actually, it's, it's Jack. Jack. I yes. actually think if you IMDB that, you'll see that the teacher was. I'm gonna. Um, I'm doing it right now. Jennifer Lopez. I'm pretty sure. Holy frig! You yeah. nailed it. Yeah. This has a great cast actually. Uh, Robin Williams, Jennifer Lopez, Diane Lane, yeah. and Fran Drescher. 
And oh, who uh, does she play? Uh, Dolores D.D. Whoever. Okay. Uh, it took me to the wrong page. And uh, um, Bill Cosby. But we won't. We'll. We won't. We'll gloss him. over. We'll gloss that over real Bill quick. Cosby. But yeah, I, I Jack Hook. and Hook. Hook we used like, to terrify me when I was a kid. Really? Used to terrify me. Why? The, um, the beginning when they're like they sh- like they're in England. They're at like um, what's her name's house? Lady from Wendy? Harry Potter's house. Or at Wendy's house. Great Aunt Wait, Wendy or whatever. Wait, Harry Potter. Yeah, she plays the old. Oh like, yeah, because yeah. it's her, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, she's like the most famous old biddy of them all. She really is. Because I mean, <laughs> let's be real. So she nice. was. She's dowager like um, Abby on like hey. Downton Abbey, and she's like Mr. Potter. Yeah, that's so true. Because she was on Harry Potter. Well, you know like, that I have a gift for that. What right? is like, her? <laughs> oh, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. Maggie. She's a baller. Bitch. Maggie Smith. Bad. Bitch. Big um, fan. How old do you think she is? 87. 87. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with um, 87. I can't actually see right now. She's got to be 87. I'm going to say she's 90. I bet she's 90. I don't know. Maybe she's like super young or like or vastly maybe she's, overestimating maybe she's her 84 age. years old. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Still, that's like you know, intense. She's the fact good. that you're like good. killing it on the big yeah. screen at 84. Absolutely. Like, way to go, Maggie Smith. Um, that Maybe movie has on. amazing casting hook, too, because I don't know if you've ever realized um, that's Dustin, um, not Dustin Hoffman, but um, yeah, Dustin Hoffman playing Captain Hook. Oh, yeah. But he's so buried in all that well, Goonies also he makeup. Look that's so like old. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Dustin Hoffman. All respect. He looked old in The Graduate, which he was like 23, and he's got an old man's face. He does have an old man face. No, but obviously incredible actor. Just calling it like I see it, Dusty. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that Gwyneth Paltrow was Wendy Darling. That's intense. She definitely was. Huh. She definitely was. Full on. That's a great movie. Um, that. I liked the that Captain Hook. I like that because it's been like a while they managed like they got a chance to play with like um the mythology of it too whereas like um i can't remember the name of that the alligator or the crocodile or whatever but um like captain hook has like he's like taxidermed the crocodile and turned it into like a grandfather clock and stuff and um, yeah and all the lost boys know how to skateboard and rufio is doing all of their hair and makeup because they all look great all the costumes are incredible that's what you do when you have unlimited time you know what i've never got real creative with your outfits i've never thought about this for before and one of the reasons probably is because i didn't see the goonies until i was already a man but uh you know what this is a little bit of a there's, there's some Goonies connections going on in this movie because so? there's a pirate ship uh-huh. and that's about it. I, it's like a spiritual... I, yeah. I was going to yeah, say, it's I don't a understand. Cat, all right, it's a crew of kids. <laughs> yeah, but and they're, like, the they're... Goonies was all about like the monster. <laughs> okay, how about the, it's like a spiritual like, sequel the to the Goonies a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, I know it was a different time, but... Um, when I first did see the Goonies, I was like 20, 24, 25 when I first saw the Goonies. I'm terrible. I know. I know. There's lots of movies you haven't seen too. Quit judging me. But um, when they're like in that, that criminal hideout and um, what's the Truffle Shuffle kid's name? I can't remember his name. But he finds, people are screaming at me right now who love the Goonies. He finds that, the guy yeah. that they've 
he's clearly he's all deformed and clearly developmentally disabled and these people have fucking kept him locked in a cage like literally in like a dark dungeon cave like it's so dark and then he's like best friends with them for the rest of the for the rest of the movie though well if you think about it they'll chunk chunk fucking chunk I love the truffle truffle shuffle I actually also was one of those kids I did not see the Goonies until I was like 18 or 19 and only because like it was a trivia question oh yeah in like a friend's like house we were at a party at and they like came up and i didn't know what the truffle shuffle was oh yeah and so someone dem i actually i'm pretty sure it was your cousin nick demonstrated it, it for me i bet it was because it was his house um <laughs> and i like afterwards ended up telling the guy i was seeing at the time that i had never seen it before and we watched it like multiple times that okay. year nice because nice. i like fell in love with the idea of like that adorable like i love i can't remember his name but the asian kid and um chunk were like yeah. the two get best characters like i know it's terrible but like the two main ones like Corey feldman and whatever terrible feldman's did character. not give a shit oh poor that's what a fucking tragic story he had too okay. eh Oh my god. No, he's still alive, isn't he? Yeah, he's still alive. He's it's just the like other one. Corey Haim. Haim. Yeah. No, I don't think Corey he was Fedman, in that one. No, Corey Feldman has not had a, a good go. He, ooh, this is getting dark. By all accounts, he was very taken advantage of sexually a lot oh, while he was a child. Oh, yeah, you so don't know creepy. that? No. Oh, no, he's like come out recently and he's like, he's also, he seems kind of mentally unhinged. Too like and I don't well, know. I, just I don't know. That he's I like really don't. That's about all like I know about a it. A million one of those like shitty reality TV like has a band too. Whatever's yeah. what he had a band. He has a band. Yeah. No. He way. also has a crew of um like bikini girls akin to like Hugh Hefner's like the Playmates. Oh, that's so he's, like, weird. Corey's girls or something like oh, that. God. I don't know. I don't that know. Just that's about all I know about it. And what I know about it is sketchy at best. Um, what's your favorite Disney movie? That's a good question. Um, I can see if we're talking about the animated ones from like us growing up, I really remember enjoying Hercules a lot. I don't remember Um, that one that much. I honestly, I remember loving it, but now I don't remember a ton about it. Kind of the same with the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I really like that. Oh, I found that too sad. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Well, he I didn't think... get the girl he wanted. Like, Esmeralda wanted the He was never going to get Esmeralda. <laughs> Don't we want to have, like, a hero story? Listen, like he's a beautiful person on the inside. <laughs> he's a hunchback, babe. He's not... You know how we're always saying that being in a relationship is a skill? Quasimodo... He doesn't have the skills to pull off a successful relationship, I don't think. Maybe. Um, for real, though, Aladdin. Aladdin. Aladdin's the first the first movie I ever remember seeing in theaters. And um, I, I remember that it was in Holton, Maine, because at the time Woodstock did not have a movie theater, and Holton had like a three-screen old school movie theater. I love that having three screens at one point was so cool. I remember this. Like, that's they, insane. They had purple seats. Like, oh, the seats were purple. And um, I, it was like, honestly, it's one of my first cinema memories. Like, not not just memories in the theater, but memories about movies, period. Is like, the scene in the beginning when um, the cave of, is it called the Cave of Wonders? The, the tiger face so. cave pops up and he's like, Bruh! and I was like sitting there as like 
whenever that movie came and I would have been pretty young like I would have been eight seven or eight years old and it was like just mind-blowing to me and I was like this is sweet and Aladdin is you could you know you could criticize it in a lot of different ways but it's objectively a pretty sweet movie it's got excellent pacing the animation is beautiful the another voice Robin acting Williams movie is, yeah the voice acting is great and uh Oh, I'm almost sad you didn't stay for Aladdin because I have so many questions about Will Smith as the genie. You just made a cringe face. I personally am a big Will Smith fan. He did a lot for my name, actually. I think <laughs> he's that, done a lot like, for Williams I'm sure everywhere. He's good. It's just like, I don't know. Robin Williams will always live in my heart as so like, the genie. Same with like so Mrs. Doubtfire. Like I <laughs> truly hope that no Wait, one Will Smith that didn't movie. just get cast as Mrs. Doubtfire. Did like he? Truly, he could pull it off. Though. Truly hope that that off. never gets remade no, because like think about. Oh yeah, he's that like would be... a transvestite spying on his kids, and like he's. Oh yeah, that's they so could true. They never would never remake <laughs> that movie. They could never remake that movie. Watch it come out twenty twenty. Ever uh, in Mrs. Doubtfire, currently he would like transition in the middle of the first trial, and he'd like get full custody or something. Maybe no. I don't know. I hope that what I said just Field. what I just said wasn't so offensive. Good. Oh, Sa- that's Sally Field. Yeah, I love Sally Field. She's actually. amazing. It was yeah. actually really interesting. Apparently, she's adopted, doesn't know like her birth parents, and there was a woman I worked with when I worked at CIBC for that, that claimed to be her birth mother. That was like. They looked so similar. It was oh. crazy. And it was like one of those things where I know she kept... who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly she who would, you're like, talking about. She would like say to like all the, tra- the new She's groups. a trainer, right? Yeah, yeah. she would say yep, to yep, all yep, the new yep. groups. She was like, I think I might be Sally Field's sister. Wow. And yeah. like, it's just so funny because it's such a random thing, but legitimately they did look a lot alike. Sure you are Karen. Her name wasn't Karen, but Karen. <laughs> no, I think like, it might have been. Well, maybe. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope she's not listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> you never know what kind of reach this thing might get in the long run. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's too funny. So Aladdin's definitely mine. Fair enough. What I don't understand about these Disney remakes, it's not a matter of me not understanding because I was going to say like... what's it's all the, about the money. Well, yeah, I was going to say what's the <laughs> point of them, but it's like, is there a point? No. It's, the point is to make the, money. Well, I was going to say the point is to make like... Because if you think money. about it, you have a built-in base. They like do. you have all those people yeah, who watched base. them and they were kids. Yeah. And then they have yeah. their kids. Straight up as just... I am not against sequels, remakes, threequels. I'm not against any of that stuff. I know a lot of people are just like, oh, I can't believe they're remaking this movie. And I'm like, I'm not that person. I'm like, whatever. Like, there's only so many movie ideas. Like, well, and do you think it's because there's such a, like, it's like we've basically come up with all we can come up with, and now it's no, kind of like, I don't think that. Well, I think, until the next good one comes along, yeah, here's another remake. There, there definitely seem to be rises, like, hills and valleys in in cinema, like as time goes on, I think technology has had a lot to do with it in the last few years because a lot of those, I think that a lot of those original, those like quote unquote original ideas are being done on a smaller scale with like probably movies that are direct to streaming services or movies that are, cause we're now in the golden age of television, right? Like ever since, ever since um, Breaking it's Bad, it's like television though, or yeah? it's streaming services. It's both. It's both. Because like, I, mean, I say we television. We literally just I mean, talked to my dad, yeah. and he said he was like, "I basically hate using the TV because the shit stuff, 
And like yeah. uses streaming services now. Oh, absolutely. Exclusively. And yeah, and I guess when I when I say TV, I mean serialized. Okay. <laughs> drama shows or whatever. There we go. So um, let's be specific. Yeah. So because with movies, the risk is so high because like the the investment is so huge. And with those movies, like you said, you have a built-in market and you have basically a guaranteed return. Whereas if instead oh, of yeah. instead of making Aladdin, if they made like some new thing, whatever it is, a high concept sci-fi movies, a hot like, you know, some sort of like, you know, original high drama period piece or something like that. Ooh, they high drama don't period have, pieces I feel have yeah, their own built in network. Not as much like, as a franchise. I does. am going after that. Are, even still there's like <laughs> When you look at, and this is not necessarily true for like art house cinema or cinema as a whole, but when you look at like a regular movie theater in like a, a city like, I don't know, Kelowna size, I was going to like not even in a big city because Toronto, Montreal, they would have lots of different, every movie that comes out you'd be mm-hmm. able to see there. But here where you get like the main, the quote unquote mainstream movies, they're, they're all, fran- it's always like sequels and franchises. That's basically all you see. Um and like I said, not that I'm against that necessarily, but did you find it had like as much heart as the as the animated one? I thought it was actually like just as much because of the people they chose. So okay, like, good. As I said, Seth Rogen played Pumbaa, yeah, which I thought was the flipping best casting. Yeah. He is so funny because of course it's like Timon and Pumbaa are basically a bunch of stoners. They like are. it's so perfect. They are. It's actually really funny because um, Keegan um, Michael Key. Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah, Keegan-Michael yeah. Key of, like, um... Key. <laughs> Key and Peel. Key and Peel. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. Gotcha. I was like, why Got, can I think of it? I'm there with the assist on him. Anyways, they're two of the... Hy- like, he's a hyena. Yeah. And it's so funny, because there's, like, a point where you're just like, yes, like, I know this voice, and I also totally picture, like, all of the stuff going on behind the scenes of, like, just that voice with, like, you're just like, ah, and then, do you know the guy from Parks and Rec who came in in the very last season who had the super high voice and like it's like screechingly high and irritating? Oh, the guy he's, he's so like the really funny. effeminate guy who like freaks out. Yes. Yeah, okay, the guy's super sassy guy. Yes. Yeah. So he plays um, Timon, and it's so funny because his voice, as soon as you hear it, you know who it is. Even if you don't know the actor, you know you picture in your head all of a sudden that person, and you're like, a mere yes. Cat. Like, this is so perfect. And it's so funny because their dynamic, to me, made that movie. Yeah. Like, and Donald Glover is obviously, like, old Simba. Um, And he's funny because he has that, like, kind of dopey kid voice where you're just like, yes, like, you really are kind of like a dopey teenager. And it's weird. As soon as, Sarah Don- I- as, soon as you said his name, you got, like, stars in your eyes. Uh, yeah. And, like, if you were standing, your leg would have gotten kicked up a little bit. The ladies love, love Gambino. Uh, Donald Glover. Yeah. I think that's the big thing is like Childish Gambino kind of whatever, like no offense. I'm sure his music's great. I actually have never really listened to it. it. But for me, it's all about when he was Troy on like part or on community. Like I loved him in that. He was so funny. He was so sweet and like just like young and adorable and like him and Abed, greatest <laughs> dynamic duo ever. I guess he's a little bit less adorable now. You wouldn't necessarily use adorable as much because well, he's like so a man. That's now. kinda like the funny thing I feel about like the like, movie is like, like it brings you back to like him being like an actor yeah. versus like a heavy rap star and like being super famous. Cause that's the thing, like he wasn't famous. He was like famous, obviously community had a decent reach, but like he wasn't like 
famous in the same way he's famous now. Like, now it's, like, Childish Gambino, like, crazy intense. And, I mean, again, no, like, she's thrown on Childish Gambino. But, like, he's pretty pretty famous right now. He was so good. And it was funny. um, Sarah actually pointed this out last night. Is like, she actually didn't love Beyonce as Nala because it's a voice that you have that instant star power associated with. And it kind of took away from her, like, as a whole. Because she sounds like a woman. Like, she doesn't sound... Like, the whole purpose is that they're seeing each other again as, like, teenager slash young adult. But it's and like you're not buying that Beyonce and Donald Glover in real life would like Well just like there's such a like a weird like you have this association with Beyonce because she's had that like mega star stardom for so long that it's just like yeah. as soon as you hear her voice, you know it's her. Like there's no like, oh is that so and so? It's like, yeah that's Queen Bay, but like meh. like No that's Beyonce. Like it's immediately. I'm not the biggest fan of her. I'm not going to throw shade at Beyonce. I think she's an amazing... She's n- no doubt an incredible performer. As my dad puts it, she's an amazing artist. Kendall you know and loves I've never, Beyonce. I've never actually looked at her like that. I, I've kind of looked... I've been guilty of looking at her through the starving artist lens, which is like, yeah, she doesn't even really write her own song. She has nine producers. and But even like, even if you can't... Even if she doesn't Let's write necessarily real, all of her lyrics and stuff... took herself from like middle class I'm pretty sure she was just middle class to like full on stardom like she is an icon yeah welcome to the Beyonce power hour like here on Completely <laughs> I'm just saying like you have to respect like all that that took well no to I, I agree she is. I agree and like my little criticisms of whatever about her ultimately they mean I'm a nobody so it doesn't matter anyways say, they mean nothing. and yeah and like even if I have like my own issues with like I don't know her music or whatever I can still recognize the greatness that's going on there well, I was like, gonna say, game like, recognize game like and- seriously <laughs> she's just like she's something else like I've the never bad been bitch the in me recognizes like, the bad bitch in her well the weirdest thing is like I've never been into her music all that much but straight up just like you have to have mad respect it's like mm. J-Lo like She's amazing. Like, she literally came from poverty. Like, now is, like, getting married to A-Rod and, like, just had her 50th birthday. And she had her 50th birthday and looks like a fucking bombshell. Yeah. Uh, You know what the the key to that is? Having a fucking billion dollars. And doing, like, a shit ton of personal training. She actually, she doesn't drink alcohol, like, at all. Like, exclusively water and tea, I think, is what it is. Let's be real. She has top tier genetics too and th- mm. those are not to be discounted at all for and i'm sure. not hating j-lo by any, by any means either uh shout out to j-lo i could not for the life of me name you if you had a gun pointed at me i couldn't name you a single j-lo song. jenny from the block first one I'll okay maybe if you pointed a gun at me i could have remembered that and i grew up in like the heyday of j-lo's like rise but i was obsessed with punk and metal so i was not listening to j-lo oh yeah no j-lo was like a real classic in the bar scene when i was still like in I my suppose. early 20s i remember songs though they were uh, just like bar songs to me yeah but like how are you supposed to make a mix cd without uh, knowing who they were i'm gonna make mix cds with j-lo on them throw shade all you want yeah. she's an amazing okay woman. we're still recording i just had a little bit of a our laptop's kind of old, so sometimes it lags during the recording, and I saw that it was doing the spinning wheel of death, so I was about to hit the uh, the red alert button and pause and pause the podcast immediately. This is clearly, and I kind of pride myself on this, this is not an edited podcast at all. This is a long-form topic kind of podcast. 
Um, did I have anything else here I wanted to ask you about? You know what? I think we should move on to the main event here. I, this is something that I, when I was doing the demos of this show, and even when I was recording some of the proper episodes, that I kind of was thinking about doing on my own mm -hmm. as a means of like generating content when I'm by myself. Because that's kind of, and I know this might come, like this might be really funny to people who know me because I literally like never stop talking. It can be challenging when you're doing a monologue style podcast to have like genuinely decent and interesting content, especially if you're just like rambling about stuff, which I am known to do, but it's hard. So I was, I had some questions like this kind of lined up and what I was doing sort of asking them to myself during these demos as a means of like generating content. And also because the people who listen to the show, they don't, even if they know me, like even if they're friends with me, they, how well do they really know me? Right? Like they might've met me like once or twice, or they might be like family friends or, you know, you know, so Sorry, I still clearly have some of my face mask attached are to my you? face. I was going like... to say, cause you're just, you're just rubbing stuff off your face. That's okay. You're just grooming. <laughs> First peel mask of the, of the grooming. month. Yeah. And now, I feel like I'm that's a the chameleon. kind of Sunday it's going to be. So what I've done is I went on the internet and I found like a list of how many questions, like 50 or a hundred questions. Don't worry. We're not going to do them all. Um, to ask your spouse slash partner. And they're broken up into different sections. Like there's one for questions on life, questions about your relationship, just plain fun ones on the future, on the past, all kinds of good stuff. Some fun ones and some ones that are definitely a bit heavier and more, introspective and I thought that what we would do is I gave you a list mm -hmm. and told you to pick some mm -hmm. and I've picked a few we don't know what we've picked except I told you one that I picked that I but I picked some contingency ones just in case oh. we had some crossover and I guess what we're gonna do is we're just gonna go back and forth and ask each other a couple of these it's and... funny because I see your sheet and I see we both pick oh. number three well yeah we definitely so, pick number three number three is what would you do with your life if you said if you were suddenly awarded a billion dollars well why don't we um why don't we do this one together okay I'll start though because I guess it's your and I'm gonna flip over my sheet okay. so you can't see the rest of my questions and you should do the same what? a billion dollars is a lot of money it is a lot of money <clears throat> and uh, the first thing I would do is completely disappear for a couple of years I think Pay off our Seriously. debt would be the well, yeah, first. Well, yeah, we pay off our debt. <laughs> I'd buy the banks that are debted. Like, but no, I um, I would like legitimately. I think I'd disappear for a little while, not like maliciously, not to like make anybody worry about me. But um, I think that what you'd have to do is go do a whole bunch of stuff and kind of get that out of your system because I don't want to be one of those people that you see on like daytime TV in the States who won the lottery and it ended up destroying their life in the long run. Yeah, but I think a big part of that is like people don't really understand when you win like the lottery in the States, you're not winning that exact amount of money because no. they have all these taxes and stuff on it. It's yeah. not like Canada where you legit get a million dollars. Well, even if you're awarded... Um all lottery winnings basically by default are paid out in annuities too because the lottery companies can't afford to pay lump sums. So Which they... seems so strange because if you think about it, like all those people are spending like, mm -hmm. what, 20 bucks a week? Like putting the money in. Yeah. So how do they not have the money? Like where else is the money going? Because it's, it's totally rigged and it's a tax on stupid people. Well, see, I don't necessarily agree <laughs> that with that because if you think about that it, there harsh. are people who legit, like I remember there was a girl when I went to college who her grandfather had won a million dollars. Well, yeah, it does. You have somebody wins. Thing. Yeah. 
And he had actually given all of his grandkids, like, inheritances. And, like, no joke, girl got set up. Like, not, like, for life or anything, but, like, she was but able she to a buy egg. a house. Yeah, that's nice. And, like, pay for all of her college. So I'm pretty sure she dropped out, like, second year. But still, mm. like, at least you have that, like, kind of benefit. Like, I you're think... not living in shitty student housing with, like, legit. I remember one of my apartments was, like, insulated with hay. Yeah. Like, Hey, old school, super, super creepy. One of my places, I mean, you saw it. One of them didn't even have, like, proper insulation built into the kitchen. No, and it was cold there, like, too. And there was, like, piles of, like, what was it, so, gyp rock? So just so I'm clear, if you want a billion dollars, you wouldn't live in terrible student housing. I think we gotta, I think we need to think bigger here. Well, so, like, okay, I'm not saying I wouldn't think big, but, like, there were definitely, okay, yeah, I'll you let can you change finish. The, you can, you can like, kind of change the world you with a obviously. Dollars. With your billion dollars, you would, like, disappear for a little while. Are you financially assisting all of your family members? <laughs> I feel like just in case I ever am win, win a billion dollars, I don't want to be held to this. Well, no, I'm not saying, I don't like, your think extended I family d- or anything. But, like, legit, <laughs> if I won a billion dollars well, like, or all had, like, a billion dollars, like, a billion, my sister, yeah. my mom and dad, like, my grandparents, like, oh. they would all be, like... No worries I buy your about grandfather money a, forever. Buy your grandfather a fucking Lamborghini. Like, that's what I do. He totally would never want a Lamborghini. He couldn't though. fit in that's it. That's like too the big. craziest he's thing. Too is big he's too. Like, would not be down. He's a for tall that. man. He would be like, I just want to like be happy. And, like, I would um, travel maybe a little bit. I would bit. give a or, massive like, donation to like. Beans. I would give him like a big donation to their church. Because well, I know so, that's like, very important. And that's too. kind of the thing. Like, how much money do you think is like? feasible to live off of because that's something I remember my dad talking to me about when I was a kid not even a kid actually like I was a 20 something year old adult and he about to make your first million was talking about finances and how some people can't imagine the idea of not having like a million dollars in their bank account by the time they're like 60 or whatever whereas like other people it's like oh I just saved up five grand I feel so proud of myself <laughs> like it's just like Nerd, it's cue, so, ner- cue nervous laughter like it's just it's so different depending on where you're at financially in your life so like all of a sudden you have all this money yeah. and I mean a billion dollars was like a billion is like a amount billion of money. is amount is an amount of money that literally eclipses your old financial situation no matter what like insane amount i think the point of this question is to kind of reveal what's really important to you in the world too because i mean like a billion dollars you can take care of your family you can take care of yourself you can take care of all of your immediate worldly needs for an infinite amount of time so i mean left over it's like what are you doing like do you start like a foundation do you start like a company yeah you would absolutely have to start like like, a massive scholarship and i think the other thing too is like because we don't want kids it's one of those things shout out i'm so sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone who knows us um (laughs) but yeah so like since maybe if we win a billion dollars no never um So, like, obviously we wouldn't have to worry about that sort of thing and, like, that whole, like, the future of our, like, line or whatever. So, like, we don't have to worry about that. So, like, I would probably take a leave of absence from my job if they let me. Um, Did you say you'd take a leave of absence from your work if they let you and you're a fucking billionaire? Pardon my French. A fucking billionaire. Well, like, (laughs) we buy the hotel chain. (laughs) I think the biggest thing is like we're only thirty, so like there's still a lot of time in the world, and there's only like so much that you can do. Like for sure, you can have like yeah. I would 
a hundred percent travel literally everywhere. everywhere. Literally everywhere. Like, yeah. I would take my mom on like all those big things I've always wanted to do. Like, I would take her to Africa and do like a legit like month long safari. And your dad and I could climb Kilimanjaro. Like, it would just be if he can get up. He could. Lots. Of people, I love him lots. so much. But oh yeah, he's, but like, he's got a hurt back right super now. <laughs> bad back right now. That's the but, price like, you pay for being so I athletic. Would, like, at I your would dad's buy age. my dad like a motorcycle, and we would go to like Switzerland and Fuck drive yeah. motorcycles and. Switzerland Fuck, like just yeah, those things that you like can that. do and it's so strange because like, I would invent obviously, a new motorcycle my very first <laughs> thought is like I would take care of my family like yeah. that was like my yeah. well legit yeah. my first thought was I would pay off my debt sorry Krakos <laughs> I'm I would shut down like a steel trap none of you are getting anything not a damn but thing yeah and I'm then you would obviously <laughs> like you would have like things that like are super important to you that you would end up like yes creating a foundation or like my Fabergé egg collection paying towards something mm. we would obviously get a VW van like for sure I would get a VW van and it would have an Iron Man arc reactor fucking engine in it because we have a billion <laughs> a billion dollars <laughs> But yeah, so like those would be like the big things. Obviously, like I'd want to travel around the world. We would clearly get a cottage in St. Andrews on the ocean front, yeah. like for sure. Would we have and we would a probably staff. have no, I don't no, think that don't I would want to so. do that. Like that's just like don't too so. too much. Like we would still be us, I think. And I think that's the big thing is you have to maintain that level of like normalcy. Cause if not, you're gonna like yeah, lose all up. that money. That's true. Like that's gonna be That's gone. True. So, okay. So interesting insight. So we give away a lot of money if we win a billion dollars. So well, I guess like, it's my turn to ask you one. I suppose. Okay. Here. Da, 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 da. Um, is there something that you've dreamt of doing for a long time, and if so, why haven't you done it? Traveling the world. Okay. And <laughs> a money. Because <laughs> you don't have a billion fucking dollars. Um, yeah, but people travel the world with way less money than we have. Like, if we wanted to, like, just, like, hypothetically speaking, if we wanted to, we could empty our bank account, we could travel, maybe not around the world, but we could travel, you know, a bit. I'm not, like, like completely <laughs> discounting that. And I mean, that's, like, my hope for the future is that we get to, like, travel more and more. My biggest thing is just, like, I do, like, to nest. Like, I like to yeah. have a home base. A place where I can like feel comfortable not and like happy. Bag. I could not be one of those people. Like I in theory would love to be. Like I wish that I could be like, oh, I live out of a backpack. Like my life is so glamorous and like I'm so cool. No, I'm not that person. I'm so cool. I'm not that cool. I like having an apartment and I like decorating my apartment and like hosting our friends and doing stuff like that. Yeah. But I also I look at it and for me, like the biggest thing about travel is like you have, like if you're going to enjoy it and really commit to it, like when I was in my twenties and even when I was like 18 and 19 and like I did a decent amount of like different weird random trips, but I did them so cheaply that there are things like now that I would be like, it would be so cool to go back and like, especially New Orleans, like that's one place yeah. I want to go back with like a decent amount but, of money. Yeah. To be, so like, you don't have to eat ramen every night. Well, it wasn't even ramen. <laughs> it was that like, I legitimately ate a granola bar I mean, and a piece Orleans. of fruit tar every single morning. So I wouldn't have to eat again until the evening. Yeah. So then I could have but dinner. But you're also 18 or 19? I was so... like 19 because yeah, so it was like can... my second year of college. Yeah, so you're not... And I yeah. cobbled together enough money to like fly down to New Orleans, and to buy stay in a $5 drinks. hostel, 
And then I got lucky. I actually like legit started to run out of money towards the end because I was so fucking poor. <laughs> what time of year? When like we're? It was during March break. It was okay. during Mardi Gras. So it was. Oh yeah. So it was insane. Well, it was no. I shouldn't actually say that because it was the week after Mardi Gras. Because my Still spring crazy. break was the week after. Still that. some residual. Craziness. But it was like super fun, super cool. Like I learned a lot. I actually like ended up volunteering for this like foundation down there that like dealt with like Hurricane Katrina survivors. Yeah. It dealt with like this really cool company. Actually, my dad ended up like knowing about when I told him about it, and they um, provide jobs for people with like in intellectual disabilities and stuff like that and physical disabilities and they end up actually like working in this like almost kind of like community center in different projects and one of the projects i worked with was taking mardi gras beads and actually like repackaging them and recycling them oh my god i can never for um and then selling them out to other places and they actually made money with it it's really cool my dad has like a bunch of books by this guy he's like a huge philanthropist yeah. i can't say that word that's a five dollar word and he i guess like had looked at like society like he was really rich had been like living that like baller lifestyle and then had this like epiphany in his like later years and was like oh fuck i need to like make a difference because i have all this money i'm doing nothing with it other than my own like needs of course it's a kendall book so like of course, it has a storyline. Is it like a redemption that. story? Yes. Yeah. So of it's course. definitely your dad's um, So you would travel more. So I would for sure travel more. Just like I look at it and like we've actually gotten to do quite a bit of traveling since we've been here, which is super cool. Oh, yeah. And like I think the biggest thing is like when I was growing up, it was always about making sure I had enough money to like pay my rent and like put some money in the bank and stuff like that. Of so I like I really didn't like breach that zone where I like. Ooh, when I was in college and like doing internships in the summer, like I never thought about going out to like, I, sorry, in theory, I did think about going out to places like Banff or like mm. Lake Louise, but I would never make that leap because it would cost me too much money. So then I Cheaper wouldn't to go to have Nolans. enough money yeah. in the winter time when I had to like survive in my $500 a month apartment. Here's, where, <laughs> so where's your favorite place that you've been oh, on your God. travels? Italy, for sure, hands down, easiest. Italy. Like, Italy. there's no question about it. My the motherland, the motherland, that like, I just think it was like that place <sighs> where you walk somewhere and like you're just like your lifestyle is so quiet. It was actually funny, Sarah but not and I, Again, talked about this so yesterday. Oh, definitely Italy, not but not Venice. You've I love that you've been to Italy enough times so that you know you don't like Venice. I just find it's too like it's too touristy. It's dirty. Like it's crowded. It's just like. I don't know. I'm sure if I were there in like a longer term aspect, I also don't like paying to use the bathroom. I think that's super bullshit. That's a, that's a European thing or is that like um I actually don't like know cuz like I remember when <clears throat> we were me. growing up Excuse and we'd me. go and visit and like we would go we went to France a couple times and we ended up like going before you had to have a passport to like go across the borders, we would go like a bunch of different places when we were kids and like it's so funny to think about how like Really, I was very lucky growing up, being able to go to places like that. And now as an adult, I'm like, oh, I dream of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> yeah, show it to Fran and Kendall. Can I come uh, next time? <laughs> so, yeah, just like, I think that's like the biggest thing. And like, honestly, I even remember when we told my parents we were moving out here. And my mom was like, I legitimately thought that when you married Will, you wouldn't actually leave. Like, you would stay in Fredericton forever. And I, it was, like, kind of a sad realization in a way, but yeah. also, like, one <clears throat> now that of we're course. living out here that I'm, like, that wouldn't have been so bad. Like, I mean, granted, like, I love the adventure we've been on. Like, we've seen so many places. We're literally living in one of the nicest places in Canada. 
expensive for anyone thinking about moving <clears throat> out here. Uh, but yeah, it's like... Yeah, I feel poor out here. We're not poor, but like I kind of... <laughs> I have... I was telling... Um, actually, you and I were talking about this, about status anxiety, like financial status anxiety out here. Oh, yeah. I feel it. Like when we were... It's funny, at CrossFit the other night. Sorry for anyone who doesn't want to hear about CrossFit. So we, we were leaving CrossFit the other night, and... Um, that couple that like I had been talking to a little bit, the the tall guy and, and oh, the brunette yeah. girl, and they left, and we walked out right after them, and they got into their brand new like Tesla Model S and rode off, and I was like, oh, like bloop bloop, like open up, and we drive a nice car. Oh yeah, but I was we like, drive a Cologne nice is car. weird because there's so much, so many fucking rich people. A place where people will over, I have a feeling overextend themselves to show well also everyone oh. overpays like do you remember my parents yeah. were here like a couple months ago and my dad even said he was like it's so interesting to see that you're literally going a couple provinces over and like what you would have paid new brunswick like i don't know 16 bucks for a decent dinner all of a sudden now here is like 35 plus haircuts. plus plus haircuts oh my god yes your girl back home jamie jamie shout out to jamie she charged me like eighteen dollars, and I tipped her every single time. And she did the best. She did the best job. The best job. And I move out here, and all of a sudden, I've got to. And this, I'm not insulting anybody because I get it. Old school bar, hipster barbershops are an industry out here. I'm down. I like reading Thrasher and being able to get a whiskey while I wait if I want. I know it's not really my jam drinking in the day, but you know it's available if I want to. But now I've got to. It's like. Pay a lot of money for haircuts by the time I tip this person. And I need to tip them because they have tattoos they have to go get. Right? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> it's not a shot, but every barber I've had out here has had neck tattoos too. Oh, yeah. Because I go to the hipster spots. Oh, yeah. I have no, to. And I got to pay so much for them. But you know what? They do have good haircuts. The, the high and tight has gotten tight since I've been out here. Too true. Um but no yeah. offense to Jamie at all, but I don't it's... know. I think like that's the biggest thing is like you have this like weird thing where you get so comfortable and then you kind of forget too about like the things you want to do. So like I got really comfortable and like and I will fully admit this, I am a clothes horror and I also really <laughs> like having a nice looking apartment. You're my clothes horror. So like I will full on give up those other things which are like bigger dreams and more like probably fulfilling overall things for like the thing I want at that point. Yeah. And the, for sure that's like my better. own like personal yeah. demons is like addressing the fact that like, no, I don't need a new shirt every and like me, week. You have to basically like force me to spend money on clothes. Yeah. Unless it's like snowboard or bike or outdoor gear. I don't mind spending money on that stuff. Even then you But just lame. regular clothes. I'm like, no. Fair don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah. So for sure, that would be like my biggest thing is like um, traveling more, but also like making sure we're financially stable. And yeah. that's the craziest thing. Obviously, as you get older, the hugest thing everyone keeps telling you is like be financially stable and like make good choices and save for your future, which like in this generation, I think you said it like future. two weeks or <laughs> on your mini soda about like being a millennial and like how like it's so insane because like we work so hard, some of us. Um, and like, there's so, such a huge gap between like us and when our parents were our age. Like, it's crazy to think it's that. A, that's like, objective too. That's not just, and we're like what you'd call elder millennials, I suppose. But like, we're like, 
it's a inflation, um, wages, housing. <laughs> we're like the cards are stacked against us in a lot of ways. But and that like, might like, sound like self-victimization, but it's not it's entirely. Not. It's it's crazy now. It's just crazy to think like. So when when all this talk about financial stability in the future, I'm like, mm, yeah, no, I I get it, but you know, <laughs> I also have my more nihilistic moments when I'm like, really? Because is any of this stuff gonna stay hold together like long enough? Um, well, and that's the it thing. will probably, it's, but it's just weird. I have but overall yeah. good. And positive feelings about the future. Do you want to know what I would do or what I've dreamt of doing for a long time uh, that yeah. I haven't done? I want to write a book. Mm. I've wanted to write a book. Um, actually, it's funny. Um, I'm rereading Jurassic Park right now. Anyone who knows me knows that um, you probably shouldn't bring up Jurassic Park around me because I'll talk about it at length because um, it's my favorite movie for sure. After it became my favorite movie when I was a young man, I borrowed the Michael Crichton, Crichton, Crichton book from my, it's my favorite movie and book, but I can't pronounce the guy's last name, from my Uncle Peter's library, and um, I became obsessed with it, which is funny because for like a 12 or 13 year old, it's very heady. It's what you'd call a techno thriller. It's like his, it's, it's his signature sorry, style. What is a techno, a techno thriller. thriller. So it's a thriller that um, heavily relies on technology as part of its, like, the infrastructure of its themes and mm -hmm. stories. And in Jurassic Park, as an example, using technology, like genetic technology, they've recreated dinosaurs, basically. And the book is just so dense with biochemical information. It's, like, really, it's really intense. And... Somewhere along the way when I was reading that book, I decided that I wanted to, like, be an author. Like, 100%. And I think that's because when I was a kid, too, I really... I've always really liked movies. And um, being in movies did never really appeal to me as much. Like, being, like, a movie star, that didn't, like... I had respect for it, but it didn't really appeal to me as much so much as being, like, a director or a writer. See, because for me, when I, when I look at something like that, and when I, I see a movie like Jurassic Park, it all came essentially from one guy, from Michael Crichton, like sitting down and writing that book. Obviously, he like consults him, like tons and tons of people while he's, um, sorry, I'm getting, I'm, our computer's doing that weird slowdown thing again. Oh, we're still recording. Perfect. That we're falling off the rails. But I just saw how it all came from one person. And that was fascinating to me because I was like, fuck, like if you have, if you're creative enough and you can work hard enough, you can sit down and start typing and you can make something that like becomes a launching pad for all this other stuff. What would you write? I'll tell you what I would write. <laughs> I wrote about, and I, I really wish I still had it, but it's like nine family computers ago. I wrote kind of like a Jurassic Park knockoff. When I was a kid, like it was, it was your classic, like, um, you'd call it lost world or rediscovered world genre of literature, which was very popular on the turn of the 18th to 19th centuries. That's when like Arthur Conan Doyle, the guy who wrote um, Sherlock Holmes, wrote The Lost World. And that's when H.G. Wells wrote The Time Machine. And those 
books and stories are all about the rediscovering of like a previously thought on like you know lost world basically and that's kind of what mine was like it was a lot like jurassic park 2 but without the first one so it was like oh we found this island there's freaking dinosaurs on and i had like i had like a charismatic like paleontologist character and i had like you know an evil corporate entity character and i had like all this stuff and um i was a big fan of dinosaur media of all kinds video games and stuff so i had like created this patchwork of all these different it's Jurassic Park ripoff straight up but um <clears throat> I, I and so it was like Jurassic Park meets like Johnny Quest novels because I was really into Johnny the new adventures of Johnny Quest around that age I have no age. clue what that is um they re so in the original Johnny Quest show I think there's a character named Haji who's a, who's a Sorry, young Indian what's Johnny Quest okay so okay so johnny quest is an old franchise from the 60s and he's like a boy adventurer his father is this man known as dr quentin quest i think and he's like the world's ultimate adventurer and he's like an indiana jones type character and they have i can't believe you've never seen this although you're it's not that popular i'm a girl grew up in a family (laughs) of girls like he's boy adventurer veronica mars okay basically by the way, I wonder who owns the rights to that, because a Johnny Quest reboot, you'd have to take up the character of Haji, though, and I'll tell you why here in a minute, though. Um, reboot is primed for right now. That's like a franchise they should bring back. So Haji was a young Indian fellow that they ad- adopted, but he was also like their servant. Weird. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're you looking shocked. You would have shocked. to like finesse that you're, for yeah, sure uh, for yeah. this generation. Yeah. Like, there would be like, many like, an like issue. you don't remake that movie. That's how you have a nation of basically like a Johnny Quest novel and like Jurassic Park. And um, even still to this day, I don't have any idea what I would like. If you were like, I have no idea. Because like now, because at that age too, you're not um, all the same like anxieties and concerns that an adult has. So now, when I ever think about like when I think about the idea of writing a book, a gang, I'm like, what do I have? I have that that inner critic pop that pops up that says like, what are you gonna write about? Like, there's a million books already out there. Like, how is yours gonna be any different or any better? Like, why even bother? Which um, that book I'm always talking about, the War of Art, is constantly telling me to forget that voice because that voice is. Uh, your biggest enemy and stuff. So a book, I'd like to write a book, I think. Very cool. Yeah. So, okay. It's your turn to ask me a question. Okay. So one of my other ones is, oh, this is on our relationship. So what did you think when you first met me? I thought you were hot as fuck. (laughs) But being totally honest. Um, I thought you were, so we met just for a little bit of context. We met at classic love story. At work, mm-hmm. I was working at a hotel in Fredericton, and one day after work, because I thought I was mistreated because I'm an entitled millennial, I walked into the uh, Lord Beaverbrook Hotel. We can say it. It's been years ago now. Oh, yeah. What are they going to do? Come after us? <laughs> um, I walked into that hotel, the Lord Beaverbrook Hotel, mm-hmm. historic, famous, very nice hotel in downtown Fredericton, mm-hmm. and I went to the front desk, and I told whoever was working, it was not you, no. that I want to talk to the manager because I wanted a job. And Steve, Ugh. man with the hair that looked like a pony. He legit, folks, looked like a pony. And he had one of those who noses. He was evil. I hated him. He liked me a lot. He loved He you. gave me a job on the spot. He was like, you, he's like, you look great. He's like, I love that you just walked in here and you were like, by the way, I tried that again later, like later in my career. Didn't work in any <laughs> other place. Like that was, so Steve gave me a job and I met you like, on my first or second shift, I bet. 
And I, um... Is it wrong to say they actually don't really remember knowing you until like yeah no I think when we started like hanging out at that work event yeah because like a lot of people would have you believe that their like love story involves a moment at the very beginning that's like ah and it's like we knew at that exact moment in that first breath we took (laughs) after we saw each other that we'd be together forever and it was not like that no it was not like that for sure not I was so full of myself and arrogant at that time in my life I wasn't even paying attention to anybody else basically um and yeah I remember meeting you and honestly I'm not trying to objectify you Mm. because I respect you as a woman and your intellect (laughs) but uh I thought you're hot as fuck like I met you and I was like oh my fucking god like i literally remember telling my friends about my new job and i was like there's this like brunette girl there with like and she's hot i was just <laughs> making a motion with my hands that that's it, not appropriate for the podcast it's boobs it was a boobs moment <laughs> someone's mother is what hi friend hi friend we're um, married she knows what's up <laughs> and um yeah i honestly don't remember like meet meeting you like i remember just like hanging out with you and i know that's super random but like that's what i remember the talent show right yes Yes. the talent show but i remember because we went to go to the superstore and picked up fruit of all things i'm sure we picked up something other than that but i just remember eating blackberries in your car and thinking how disgusting your car was. well not only that but i remember at that time my car what well two things we dressed almost identical for that setup oh my god we totally did so a little bit of context it was a talent show like a variety show for the staff members of the hotel and um I was we bartending. Were, yeah, and I was playing in the talent show because mm-hmm. I'm basically, I'm the white Jimi Hendrix over here. I was also the social committee chair. You so were I the social the whole thing. committee chair. And uh, so we showed up and we were each wearing, I think it was like khaki shorts, a blue flannel shirt, and a black no, slouchy jeans. beanie. Jeans, okay. Yeah. Jeans, so, slouchy beanie, button up shirt, and I think we were actually both even wearing Converse sneakers. We like literally <laughs> dressed almost identical. <laughs> So anyways, we went to the superstore and my car at the time, because I was poor, it needed new tires and they needed to be rotated. So every time, whenever I was driving anywhere, the whole car would just make this like, like sound. See, it's just constantly. I don't remember that. I just remember how filthy your car was. Filthy. Disgusting. It was so filthy. Awful, I'm sure. There was just things everywhere. Like, I'm pretty sure you had to, like, literally scoop things out of your passenger seat to let me sit down. And even then, it was still, like, stuff on the floor. I put money on it. That's, yes, it it was definitely that bad. I just remember that part because I I always remember. You should have seen my house. (laughs) Oh, God. You did see my house. I'm so thankful you didn't run for the hills after the first time you saw, like, I actually never saw your apartment. Until you were already... Oh, yeah, until later. No, because, like, remember, that was... Like, I saw your house that you were living in on University, like, Hill. But that was when we were just friends. But that was when you were friends, and you full-on didn't even invite me in. You just arm-punched me, and then, like, I drove away. (laughs) You did. That was the day we went to St. John for you to look at apartments, right? Where I I found the one at the gym. (laughs) I wonder if I had just thought that, like... And um, the holes in the wall. I don't know... Like, I didn't know if that was going to go anywhere. And I'm awkward. You know that. <laughs> I'm sick of apologizing for this arm punch. Guys, don't arm punch a girl in the arm that you you like. You're not 11 years old anymore. You'll also always you, remember it. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. Because like, like I said, I don't remember like meet meeting you. I just remember you being there. Yeah. And I was not a good employee. 
Oh my God, you're heinous. <laughs> I had just, mind you, graduated from like college where I took a hospitality Literal, program. Yeah. So my idea is as a millennial expected to leave my workplace and get a really good paying job right off the bat, aka for anyone in hospitality, that is not how it works. It's not going to happen. You can go to school for as long as you want. You will not be a manager for at least three years. Experience is what counts in your line of work. Oh my God, so much. (laughs) I actually, it was funny. One of my like people that I ended up mentoring last year when I was still at a different department than I am now had like asked me for some career advice the other day. And I said, I was like, honestly, at the end of the day, it just comes down to like experience and like taking advantage of all the opportunities you have. I was like, even if you don't get the one job you want, I was like, you'll eventually get that job. I was like, it took me 10 years to get the job I wanted when I was graduating college. Yeah, absolutely. So nothing comes folks. So yeah. um, But yeah, we weren't even really on each other's radar in that way. Well, I think that's like the funniest thing is like, I remember you just being a bud. I didn't think you were my type. To be honest, I oh was my god! Very, I tried I was, to set you up with Carrie. You did try to set me up with Carrie. I Shout was out like to Carrie. so sure to that girl? you guys would like hit it off because you guys are both like fun and like into live music. Into and, live like, music, we knew a lot and of the I same think it people. was just honestly that you were like you were fun to hang out with. So I was like, oh, instantaneously, Carrie's gonna adore you, yeah. and she does for different reasons. And a though, bunch obviously. of the girls at the hotel thought I was gay too. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah a bunch of them thought yes. I was gay. It's because he wore a black suit all the time. And, like, straight up boys don't do that. He's just working in a hotel. It's like... I know, but it's just one of those was things, Was I not supposed like, to wear a black suit? Was I supposed to I'm wear, I'm sure like, you were. Oh, yeah. I don't even think they had a uniform for Bellman, to be honest. No, I don't think I... Oh, I was a concierge. Excuse oh, me. Yeah, Steve told me I was a concierge. I was 100% not a concierge. You were a glorified Bellman. I'm sorry. Was I even glorified? I don't <laughs> think so. I don't even think so. Um, uh, yeah, so, but yeah. so, and it wasn't until, so I was, uh, I quit that job fairly quickly after a couple of months, oh, yeah. uh, Lance and I were going to move out West to mm-hmm. Victoria. Um, and so I quit that job and I didn't end up moving. No, thank you Lance for flaking. Yeah, Cause I appreciate I up, it. I ended up, uh, <laughs> yeah, well we were, yeah, we were both going to collect EI basically and <laughs> it didn't pan out. We didn't really have a plan, but, um, who does? But, um, yeah, so you fell off my radar for a while mm. and I was in a bit of a dark place where I was, that was when I was selling, studying for and selling the life insurance exams and selling life insurance for that really oh, awful, yeah. shady company, American income life insurance. I said it, <laughs> you guys, you're all crooks. Um, <laughs> at least my experience with that company was very negative. They were structured like an MLM, a multi-level marketing company, and they were, Everyone I talked to was a dishonest salesman, basically. <laughs> oh, you're telling me to move on? I am telling Tell you me, to move don't, on. Tell me, don't burn this bridge if I ever, ever need to go back to selling life insurance. No, please never go back to that. No. It's no, I, I, I won't. Story. I won't. I, t- I tell you one thing. I do the um, process of becoming... Um, the process of becoming registered to be able to sell life insurance and insurance as a whole though was a, was overall I think a net positive experience for me mm. because there's lots of good practical information about finances that I picked up that none of which I put into practice mm. but I could have <laughs> <laughs> I could have so what was that question you just asked me that was um oh what did you think when you first met me oh yeah, I guess yeah. so we both so you did so, address it but yeah. we just like decided and to then, go beyond that yeah and then you asked me to go to Derek and Sky's wedding? Not Derek and Sky's wedding, but somebody else's wedding. No, it was Derek and Sky. And it was... They were the first of my friends I to I initially said yes. 
Actually, they weren't the first of my friends to get married. One of my girlfriends had already been married and divorced by the time they got married. I I still remember, like, I, I remember the exact moment you asked me because I was driving with my trainer coming back from a terrible, terrible meeting with somebody where we didn't sell anything. And, um, you, you rang me up and, well, you didn't bring me up. You sent me a text message. I was going to say, did, I think I sent message, you a text message because I'm pretty sure I was actually at a yeah. bar and, it literally, and I had just gone to see a live show nice. with my girlfriends and somehow you pop back up on my radar. It was when Facebook was still like a really big thing before Instagram and Snapchat for those of you who remember that. Um, and you posted a picture of Sasha. Ah, classic move to pick up ladies. Post a picture totally of a cute dog. Totally posted a picture of but, your dog. Um, and I had a dog that I had gotten yeah. at that point. Audie. And God I was like, his soul. thought that it was so cute that you had a dog. I was just like, who's your dog? Also, um, do you want to be my date at a wedding? Because yeah, I don't want to go solo. <laughs> your text message, your first message to me literally said, how much do you love me? <laughs> And I was like, I was like, ah, uh, eleven out of ten. Mind you, this like, is like a year after the last time we chatted. We basically with each hadn't other. even talked. I don't. No, think, we hadn't talked at all for like a solid year. And folks, just for those of you who are wondering why we didn't talk for a year, Will well, bailed on me Ouch. on a camping trip that we were supposed to take, where I was totally gonna let him go to Whoa. town. Oh wow! Yeah, didn't be- happen. He be- full bailed. I'll have to beep that out. <laughs> I'll have to beep that out now. We did hook up before this, though. Before our little... We kind of did. Well, let's not go into any details that might embarrass me. Exactly. Well, (laughs) and also embarrass our parents and or make this non-G-rated. Yeah, Yeah, so we... um, Well, I've been cussing this whole time, so... (laughs) Oh, sorry. We're at a PG then. (laughs) Yeah, this whole podcast is rated explicit. Let's not bring it in our... parental consent. But um, Uh. (laughs) we had connected, let's say, before that, our little hiatus, so... There was a seed planted and... Um, there was a seed planted. And you were like, yeah, you want to go to this wedding with me? And I was like, fuck yeah. And then I found out it was actually the same day, the exact same day as my sister's wedding. Yes. So I was like, listen, I can't go, but we started hanging out and we were basically dating well, immediately anyways actually, after that. actually not true at oh, all. did I misremember that? So we didn't start dating immediately. We actually ended up becoming like chat friends. AKA we would message each other and call each other on the phone. I actually remember that because it was like such a novel concept at that point. Because like, of course, like when you're in your twenties, you're shitty at dating. Can I interrupt you just for a second? Mm -hmm. So just for context, during this time, I, I had recently been evicted from my apartment in Fredericton because I was deadbeat. And, um, I was living in my parents' house in Woodstock, mm-hmm. and you were living in St. John. Mm-hmm. Um, with Rob. Yeah, waiting and bartending, who was not your boyfriend, but just no, a cool guy. Definitely not with. my boyfriend. Uh, cool and I was guy. going to college. Cool guy. Or university um, at that point. Yeah. I was in so university. We were, <clears throat> we, were fairly, we were fairly far away from each other, almost two and a half hours. Yes. So we were actually talking on the phone. Yes, we yeah. would talk on the phone for like hours. And it was funny too, because like legitimately at that point, I think I still thought we were just buds. Because of that whole, like, us never, like, panning out. No, that's just because I don't have game. And what was it? Oh, I think something, like, either you asked me or I asked you. We basically determined we were both single. And I, for some reason, got in my head that my friend Lindsay would be, like, the perfect person for you. I don't remember why I thought this. My friend Lindsay was, like, really fun, super cool girl. 
I was like bartending with her and waitressing with her. I'm seeing a stuff. pattern here. You're just like constantly yeah, trying to like. I was like, like always trying to set you up with up. other people. And you're always talking about that if you die, you have like a lineup of like women to take care of me because well, I, I just have a list <laughs> of like the woman who is going to eventually marry you if I die. Before but don't I go. say it because we don't want to make it awkward. Like, yeah. But does she know? I think I've told her a couple. Of okay, times. good. Well, not good, though. I hope it doesn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. I hope it doesn't happen. I don't know if she can handle you these days. Yeah, she can. Um, Anyways, so what had happened is, like, I was under the impression for some reason that we were up because Will had decided he was going to come visit, and and he said he was bringing a friend. You know why you do that, though? So, of course. Because you're 24, and you're, like, awkward, and your friend is also single. No, your friend wasn't even single. That was, was, was it was John. Yeah, I know, but was he not single at that time? He was dating Anne-Marie at the time. Well, sorry, John and Anne-Marie. Who have been together for like a decade. Yeah. I, for some reason, was under this impression that William was bringing a friend for me to meet so I could find my new boyfriend. (laughs) And I think John is a great guy. He's one of Will's really good friends. Tall, handsome, and mysterious John. He and I would never work as a couple. When they arrive, I'm like expecting for some reason, just like not John. No offense, obviously. Yeah, and you don't mean anything by that. Well, and I just like, I was like, oh, okay. You didn't know what to expect, period. Anyway. He seemed much more clean cut than I was used to. Just in the sense (laughs) of like, he had really short hair. He like dressed nicer than most of the dirtbags that I had been seeing at that point. And he didn't have like long hair and a beard and or dreadlocks and rode a skateboard. So like really, those were not hard things to like. Those are your basic qualifiers for men at that point in your life. (laughs) I had standards folks my early 20s were not a good time nothing wrong with riding skateboards um so anyways he shows up and barely says like five words to me at this point and they have like a big case of beer so of course we like break into that i start drinking some wine because like at that point i had already been off beer for a couple years a couple bad experiences um and we get drunk my friend Lindsay shows up after her shift and i of course think that i've set up no, definitely not the case. I can't believe I didn't make it more clear to you that I was there to see you. I, I don't even remember why like, this is honestly, like such a thing that we were like so like now, that I'm an adult where like <laughs> now now I literally but I mean also we've been together for like eight and a half years almost beating around the bush for, about anything <laughs> unless I'm trying to be romantic or coy or funny or something like that. But like I just should have straight that it took me so long. To learn that the best way to deal with women, not deal with women, I mean, like, but to talk and interact with women is to, like, be straight up. Yeah. And, like, literally be honest. Like, I, I mentioned all this during my, it's a novel concept. You have to talk to them and be interested in them, not just be, like, quiet, coy, and hope that she gets that you're there to see her and, like... Anyways, and I, of course, like, because I think that I'm meeting this, like, future boyfriend of mine, aka I actually am. (laughs) Yeah. But the other one, I, like, wore this super cute dress that I was, like, in love with at the time. It had tears 
And like, it sounds really like weird. Cause like when you think of a tiered dress, you do not think of something that looks cute, but it was fucking beautiful. Nice. Pretty sure I paid a hundred bucks for it, which at that point in my life, like felt like a million dollars. For John. <laughs> wow. Yeah. John, you like, you I wore out, my bud. cutest outfit. You, Anyways. You missed out. And like, so we go out, we have a great time. We're drinking. We're just like being little shitheads. And then we finally end up at the Lebanese place that I loved. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the Lebanese place because I feel like I could write a love letter to I, their shawarma. I remember you were so excited that when, when your order came up, th- that you <laughs> popped up out of your chair. And because you were wearing a dress, like... You My dress popped, was really short You popped as up well. and turned around so fast. It did like a Marilyn Monroe spin around thing. And I full on saw your butt. And I was... Yeah. And we all made fun of you for that, but it was funny. Oh, it was so glorious though. So this shawarma, because I love this shawarma and still think about this shawarma to this day. It's been like almost a decade. It had pickled turnip in it, which was like, you don't think that's going to be good? It's flipping amazing. It's like the right amount of sour, the right amount of crunch. It's like, oh, love letters should be written about the right way to make a pickled turnip. I love listening to you talk about food. Like, it's just so good. Like, and the chicken, the chicken was like seasoned just that perfect way. It was slowly cooked. So it was so soft. And then I don't even remember, I don't even think it's actually tzatziki sauce. Like it might be, but it was just like, it's a whole nother world of tzatziki. I gotta be honest, I don't want to get regional about our shawarma or anything but like, like this. But like, so much any, effing better than BC. I have not any shawarma out here that even holds a candle Nothing like, holds a candle like to this we place. Have, now, that being said, we haven't been everywhere. If you have that's a favorite true. shawarma place here, that's... But I'm telling you, oh, like, so New good. Brunswick has a lot of Lebanese folks. They know how to make shawarma. It's so good. Um, it's so good. Do you good. want to ask... Do you want to do one more? Okay, wrap sorry, this yes. thing up? Because we're at about an hour and a half now. Oh my gosh, wow. That yeah. is really quick. I told, okay. you, I told you it was going to be an hour, and you were like, what? I don't know if I can sit across from a table from you for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we've lived like most yeah. of our life together. Um, yeah, why don't you ask, why don't you ask me one? I okay. Guess. Oh, actually, this is a really fun one because it's just like, it's literally called Just Plain Fun Ones. Um, so it is, given the choice of anyone in the world, and I'm going to add this caveat, dead or alive. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whom would you want as a dinner, dinner guest? guest. This I is really a, like this, this one. This is a classic, classic question. Because I will also ask um, what you'll be serving at this dinner for said person. Oh, shit. Well, can because I, it's very important to think about Can I things. invite Anthony Bourdain and like, um, I don't know what I would serve him though. That would now, just Now, the nice be thing so about stressful. Bourdain is he's like down with basically mm. whatever kind of food. Would you go with all your classic hits? Like the things like you're the greatest at? Oh, because I have to cook. Shit. Yeah. So, okay, what what would I Because he's your dinner guest. You are better at objectively um, looking at my cooking than I am. What What okay. do you think I, I would do so for So, for him? sure, it Bourdain. would be, like, your meatballs that you make every Christmas. Okay. Because, like, those are just, like, they're slowly cooked. Croco-style giant they're, beef pork meatballs full yeah, of garlic. They're so good. I would <clears> make a suggestion to add veal to it if you're going to be cooking for Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, if Anthony because, Bourdain like, is coming back from veal, the dead pork, to come over beef, to our apartment like, for, for dinner. Do you remember that um, dinner party we had for, like, my birthday combo with Natalie and St. John? Yes. So, like... It, I feel like we would go like all out Italian feast, like yeah. that sort of style where Homemade it's like calamari, everything. little baby squids breaded right in our kitchen. So it's actually funny. This is also a trip back down memory lane when Will and I had first started dating. And I don't even think we'd been dating for long, but we just like, because we had been friends beforehand, it was like a really instant click for us for sure. Yeah. 
And he ended up coming to my birthday that year. And I don't even think we'd been dating like four, you were three still, months. You were still living like, in St. John's. So we'd yeah. only been together a few months. And so I had him over and like all of my girlfriends at the time that were living in St. John, we all got together, had our boyfriends. We dressed up. We looked really nice. But legit spent the whole day cooking. The and cooking day. like this entire giant feast. And because of my birthday, it falls on Labor Day occasionally. And in this case, it did. And because we're good Canadian citizens, St. John actually does not have many things open. No, everything was closed. On Canada Day. So we couldn't Labor find, Day. what was it? Labor Day, sorry. Ricotta um, cheese. Ricotta. And not I forget. Cottage. I forget Ricotta. what um, ended, you guys ended up coming back <clears throat> with something that wasn't. After we went literally to every open store. I think I might've come back with cottage cheese. I think that might've been it. But it was so funny. Cause like, of course we're looking for this one thing. And because everything is closed, you can't find anything. And yeah, it was so funny. My girlfriend like lost her mind. She was just like, no, this is not right. And I was like, I'm sure we can make it work. FYI, as someone who has grown up with an Italian nonna, like she never put ricotta in her lasagna. It is literally just mozzarella. You're fine. The fucking best. Honestly, (laughs) almost any cheese. It's would be fucking. I mean, nothing too sharp. Actually, weird because like I honestly don't like how like light it makes it because like lasagna is supposed to be a hearty meal yeah and i, I find am. ricotta is just one of those things where it's so light like it's you it use it in tastes. desserts and stuff it barely tastes like so it's always been one of those things where i've never been like ooh rah rah like i'll use it obviously rah, for recipe rah, calls for it. like well remember that time when um oh goodness i think it was like one of the first times i was staying over at your family's house for like multiple days and i made four lasagnas yeah with my mom <laughs> yeah because we were i no, i don't know if we were living together at that point i think it was right before you moved in with me and carrie when we were living in that two bedroom on like needham yeah and i made four giant lasagnas because of course i made way too much sauce and i like ground up mushrooms like beef so your brother would yeah. eat all of my lasagnas <laughs> Tricked you, Warren. You hate mushrooms. He does not like mushrooms. mushrooms. And I ground them up, and he ended up eating like four slices of my lasagna. I was so proud of myself. He does like shrooms, but not mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But anyways, okay. So back to the meal that you would prepare (laughs) for Anthony Bourdain. So obviously you would do that. would for sure be one. I think as... And it's so weird, because I don't think it should be regionalized. Like, it shouldn't just all be Italian food. Because you also make, like, some of the best like shishushka or like even just like your grilled vegetables like i know this sounds super lame but like legit will make some of the greatest vegetables not lame like he does this like red onion peppers and you'll sometimes put kale in it and it is just like i don't know what it is that makes it so tasty but it's just oh i'm all about that kale literally like you know the what? tastiest side dish. You know what makes it tasty? Mm. Oil and salt. Mm. <laughs> All of it. But oil yeah, it's just like the spices. right amount of caramelized. Like yeah. it's nice, it's Heat soft, but too. it's also like not so soft that it's like no, mush. That's like a it's trick, like people. the Cook, perfect thing. Bake your vegetables at at least 400. If you take away anything from this podcast, it's called roasting for a reason. 350 degrees. That's not a roast. Okay. That's not, not roasting. Not actually true. I disagree completely. I don't cook anything at 350. I cook everything I, I at 350. I don't cook anything at 350. No, I want to get... And also it's your sautéed vegetables and not your baked vegetables. Oh. No offense to your sauté. Oh. Your baked vegetables is straight up your sautéed Well, I prefer, like, to saut- I prefer to sauté anyways. I, and I, shishushka. Yes. So for mm-hmm. those who don't know, shishushka or shishushka, it's... um. 
it's like a originally like a Middle Eastern style dish. It's basically poached eggs in a spicy. I do it in like a meat sauce. So you like cook down a bunch of canned tomatoes with tomato paste and a bunch of like um, like Eastern or in whatever basically whatever else you want. I like to cook like it like almost like a spicy bolognese meat sauce, and then you just finish it in the oven, and it's to die for. It's, it's so really good. Incredible. So you think I'd serve Bourdain shakshushka? Meatballs, mm. sautéed vegetables. Mm-hmm. You're making the dessert. What are you making, Bourdain? Oh God, that's so hard. Almost. I think I'd go classic cheese and fruit. I like Super that. Super simple. I like that. Is he? He's not. He wasn't sober while he was alive, was he? Uh, that's the thing. I honestly don't remember because I did read two of his. So, I don't. Because I was just he thinking. Was because I'm pretty sure in like one of his books he wrote about having lot. drinks after work, and that's okay, like well, obviously a big here's thing. Here's another caveat. I'm inviting Bourdain over, there we and go. we're drinking Redbird beer straight out of Kelowna. Oh. Yeah, and um, there's a distillery here, too. We could get some sort of a nice hard liquor, but I'm not really about Ooh, that hard liquor gin. life. Yeah, I, I like a little bit of gin. You know me. I'm not really... I'm I'm a beer guy. I do not really care for hard liquors. Oh, big hard liquor fan right here. Oh, yeah. A gin or a whiskey. Ooh, smoky whiskey would Why be not? super nice. Why not both? Mm. I like that. But yeah. Who would you invite over? Oh, good God. That's actually like crazy to think about. Because like, dead or alive. Even then, like, I don't think I can narrow it down so simply. It's a tough question. Because like, obviously I'd want it to be someone like super important to me, but not so much that I'd fangirl out and like, like literally go through a spiral. Because like, for those of you who don't understand my spiral reference, I spiral a lot. I have a thing where I will make something that, probably at the time is a really big deal and make it into an even bigger deal oh no and then spiral through all of my anxieties and thoughts and just like it consumes me so who would it be that's actually such a good question you know what i know this is super weird but i would oh okay i'm no i'm like taking that back what's weird people are listening to us over I would have Hey Rosetta. Oh, the band Hey Rosetta over? I would legit, like, invite Hey Rosetta <laughs> but you to know what a dinner I'd be like, party. There'd be a caveat. It'd be like, you guys are invited for dinner, but it's also a gig. So can you but bring so all like, your instruments? This, can you play? So the weirdest it's, thing this is, is like, work for you guys. It's not just them, though. It would be okay. like my ultimate dinner party moment would be like obviously having them there and then having Carly and Chelsea and their significant ah! Michael and Ron. <laughs> Because it's like it's that what up, Carly, Chelsea, thing. Michael, and Ron, and like I would no, I'd also have hey, Rosetta's coming like, over for dinner. Hey, Rosetta is such a part of my like early twenties, and, and like, your friendship with them too. My girlfriends and I are obsessed with this band. A lot of people who might listen to this podcast will hopefully know who they are. If you don't, you're basically dead. They're to incredibly me. famous, amazing um, indie band from. So Yodis. they're an indie band from Newfoundland, and they were just like such a big part of that part of my life, and like just that like meeting will like being on my own living in my own apartments like i just remember that so vividly and i think that's why i like them so much obviously i love their music but i think like a big chunk of it is like legit from that feeling that time and so like they would obviously be here all of my like good girlfriends that i met in my late 20s or early 20s actually not my late 20s my early 20s would be here and we would have just like the ultimate dinner party. I think I would just basically make a smorgasbord of food. Yeah. Like, do you remember we had our friends or we have like our group of friends in Kelowna and we had, um we made tacos one time and I did a black bean and yeah. sweet potato taco, yeah. which is fucking amazing. 
And then the street corn that I made for that dinner that was, was also super good. So I do like that. I would also straight up do, um, I used to make this dish in St. Andrews and it was like my go-to dish. It was the only dish I knew how to cook. And I, anytime I'd have a, a party, I would make it. And it was like literally sauteed onions, peppers, and sausages. Yum. And then I would mix it with linguine Minerals. pasta. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure like a tomato sauce that my mom would put together for me and send in my packages That's golden. Back. That's fine. And like that. that was super good. And I, I'm sure like now if I had it, I would be like, it's okay. But it felt so amazing back then. And then I would do like, obviously you have to have some sort of like other thing, like a salad or whatever. And I'd like, oh, actually I know exactly what a salad I would make. A canoe full of beer. That's no, what we need. Well, okay. So a we'd obviously have a bunch of beer, beer and wine. The, the liquor would be flowing of people. But it would be, there's this beautiful restaurant that I used to go to in St. Andrews and like to die for salad. It was like the simplest thing. It had apples in it. It had pistachios. It would sometimes have red peppers in it. It had like this beautiful green onion, but it was this, it was the salad dressing. It was like, for sure there was apple cider vinegar in there, but I cannot for the life of me still to this day replicate that no. salad dressing. And it Chasing was it forever. the bomb. And it's like that. It. And then obviously I would do like something real fancy for dessert. Like I would like make creme brulee. Legit I haven't done that in years. maybe. Ooh, I, yes. I would totally make my classic tiramisu. Legit tiramisu. I haven't made that in years. Yeah. yeah. So that's like definitely, I think, I the like way that. we end. That sounds that's... like a good. That sounds like a good dinner party. Oh, I actually think so, we yeah. did stop. Nope, it's all good. It just it keeps doing that. Oh, okay. Yeah, weird. no, it'll start up again soon. That there is were so a couple weird. of we times. Have to stop looking. But I, I, I think we're all good. Okay, cool. Um, thank you for coming on my show. Oh, my pleasure. Baby. You look like time. Yeah, this yeah. is actually really fun to like really chat fun. about things that we don't normally chat about well, as a married couple. Yeah, I mean, loose idea of what we would talk about today, but we ended up going. We definitely yeah. went down memory lane which for knew, sure. Which I knew would happen. <laughs> Want to come back sometime? Yeah, for yeah. sure. We'll ask all those other questions that I highlighted. Well, I think too, um, we have a lot of, uh, we have a really good chemistry in our banter together. Good really way. Nice. Do you want to give a shout out to say hi to anybody while I mean, you have the airways? Obviously, thank you everyone for listening. Hour and a half, that's a, obviously a lot of time. Yes, yes. Especially if you actually, if you actually know us because you've heard us drone on for long periods of time. Before, oh, Jesus, yes. Too. So, Anytime um, you've come to our dinner yeah. house. So I definitely want, I definitely want you to dinner. come back. In fact, you're, you'd be a great like emergency last minute guest for me too. Not that that's all you are to me. A last minute emergency guest. But, but I am um, within proximity. You come back on the show next time, I'll rub your feet the whole time. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's how I'll coax some real good stories out of you. Rubbing Some feet. real so, memories, um, folks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Devin, thank you for joining me here. Thanks so much. And uh, I'll see you around the house. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so much to Devin for joining us today. And ladies and gentlemen, esteemed listeners, that has been our show for this week. Thank you very much for sharing and listening and being there for me. I really appreciate it. The podcast does not happen without you. Coming up, I have some very exciting guests, and I can't wait to bring you more. So thank you for joining me. Much love, and take care of yourself and each other. And I'll see you next time.